right, we're all we're all we're streaming on all the sites. It looks like. So we've got one person. And uh, hello again, everybody. How you doing? This is my friend Tito has showed up. <laughs> it's fun to look at a camera and be like, "There's other people over there, right?" <laughs> it's so weird, but they are there. Um, all right, Diane, welcome. So this is my friend Tito. Frankie's hung out to play bass still on this next uh, hang, but this is Tito. He's the man. He's he's a legend in my mind, anyway. And uh, so we're gonna play some tunes. And um, yeah, hey, what's up, Antoinette? Thanks for coming and hanging out again. And uh, yeah, tag a friend. Tell everybody this is great. Tito's got some fun stories and things that happened. I'm gonna try to tease him out of him. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to get going and play a tune here and uh, let everybody join, and then we'll be back. All right. Yeah. And as I said before, I haven't sung in a while, so please don't judge. <laughs> he sounds good anyway. <laughs> you can judge. Put all your judgment on me. All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. And also let us know uh, if the stream gets weird. I'm, I'm like right on the edge still with, the, with my computer making things work, so... I would not do 
my friends wonder what is wrong with me Cause I'm in a daze from your love, you see I came back to let you know Got a thing for you and I can't let go They may never find what they dream of What you won't do, do for love You tried everything, but you won't give up In my world, only you Make me do for love what I would not do Make me do for love what I would not do Make me do for love what I would not do We've got some more people here. Uh, everybody, Tito. Tito, everybody. Hi, everybody. Luke, Luke is here. <laughs> Luke is here. Uh, Antoinette's here. Donna's here. Uh, say hi, guys, if you're watching, wherever you're watching. Uh, somebody's watching on Twitch, which is great. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, tell me who's on Twitch. I know somebody who's normally here, but it switched. Um, Whoever's on Twitch is saying, oh, yes, you can sing, Tito. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. So, great. Thanks for hanging out, guys. This is my friend Tito. So, um, I have I've asked Tito's permission if I can add, throw out a few things because there's uh, some crazy... I want I want him to tell us a few stories. Uh, Diane's here. She's saying hi from Chicago. Hi, Diane. Hi, Diane. Nice to meet you. Um, so, uh, when I first met you, we hung out. We talked for like three hours probably. And uh, it was great. And there was a ton of stuff that we had in common. I thought it was really cool. But um, there were also some crazy stories. Uh, so I guess I would start with, uh, tell me the, one of the craziest last-minute calls that you've had to fill in for somebody. Um, I, one of the last-minute calls I had was to fill in for a percussion player that was playing with Prince at, um, 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 where was it? Madison uh, oh, yeah, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. Long, it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one of my friends who plays with Shaka Khan, who was the music director for Shaka Khan, we used to have this um, jam that we used to do in the village every week. So a lot of guys, they would tour with people, and then when they come off, because a lot of times when you're doing these tours, you're playing the same music over and over and over again with some variation sometimes in you know, imp improvisation or something like that. But for yeah. the most part, you're playing the same set, the same show, right. from show to show. So when they come off, when they come off these tours, they come to our little jam spot and you know to get they to get their stuff off, yeah. right? So right. One, one one of the guitar players who was the guitar player for for Shaka Khan called me up. He said, "Hey man, what you doing?" I, was, I said, "Nothing." He says, "Uh." 
Uh, you feel like playing for Prince? <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm thinking he, he's joking. Right. This, this is around the time when Prince, um, Grant, um, Larry Graham, and Shaka Khan was doing a tour. It was around 2000 or so, 99, 2000, Shh. somewhere around that time. And, you know, so I said, man, come on, stop playing around. He said, no, I'm serious. He's, he says, all you got to do is show up. They got everything there, all the percussion stuff that you need is all there. And so that's what happened. I showed up and I did two nights. And then because whoever the guy was playing percussion, he was really sick. So I covered for right. him for those two nights. And then they went on and they did their thing. And, you know, that was yeah. my that was my moment. You know what I mean? But just unbelievable that, gosh. Uh, oh, um. Let me check your mic real quick, Frankie, to make sure. Go ahead and talk into it check, real quick. Check, check, check. I, I need to give you a little bit extra there. Turn me up, Daniel. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, all right. Keep talking. Check, check, check. All right. Keep going. Sounds good. There we are. All right. All right cool. Um, so uh, what was it like? To do, the, I mean, I gotta imagine like going all of a sudden into like Madison Square Garden. There's like multiple levels of the whole vibe and everything has got to be. It was, it was, it was. I mean, I've done shows like that, so I wasn't overwhelmed. You know, uh, right. I just showed up. I, you know, did what I was told. <laughs> right, right? <laughs> and, and that was right. That was it. You know. Um, Prince is a person who, he's not a camera person. There's tons, there's tons of pictures of him, right? But he doesn't really like pose or do any of that stuff, you know. For so, right. and he's very strict. Yeah, <laughs> really strict. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I was in the background, so you know, I know what I do. I do what I do, and I do it good. So yeah. there was no complaint. You know what I'm saying? It's just that. So. <laughs> The show is up there. We're back here. We're doing our thing. Right. I was vibing with the with the drummer and and, and 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 the bass player there. We we found our little pockets, and that was right. that was it. Yeah. Um, he he didn't curse at me. He wasn't mad right. at or anything like yeah. that. He didn't even like really like show attention to me because you know, he was focused on whatever he you know focused on this thing. Yeah, and it was just an awesome. Uh, Larry Graham. I'm also a bass player. Larry Graham was one of my idols. Yeah, growing up, especially that that thumb style. Right. Uh, you know, before um, he Lewis was, Johnson and all those guys. He yeah. was the originator of thumping, right? Basically, he's, well, or, why, that's why the story I think is. But well, yes. So I mean, for for um, statistics' sake, he's the one that made it popular. Right. But it's not a new thing. It's certainly not a new thing. In the church, they've been doing that for forever and ever. But only only because in the beginning, there weren't drums. There might have been a tambourine or mm. something. So the bass, right. in addition to playing the bottom, he was also right. doing some, uh, you know, some rhythmic stuff as well to, to a comment, you know, to uh, accompany the, the, the bass lines and whatnot. So right. it's a thing that kind of grew out of gospel music and whatnot. So, right. Yeah. So is it, um uh is, is it attributed to any particular person or is it just like a thing that came out of a like a, a kind it's of a kind of attributed thing? to Larry Graham because he's the one that made it popular right before that it was behind kind of behind the scenes you know right 
but he's the one that made it popular. And then uh, you had, of course, Lewis Johnson and right and people like that. You know, yeah. Man, cool. Well, uh, if you guys have any questions for Tito, uh, throw them out here because there's there's more stuff that he's done. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I hope that uh, hope you're enjoying watching, guys. I'm having fun hanging with these two. I'm just really excited that they're here. This is really cool. Um, all right, let's do another song, man. What's uh, what's the next one we got here? No woman, no cry. Oh yes. Everything's gonna be alright 
Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright So no Woman no cry So <laughs> that's cool, man. So so uh, since you since you played for Prince, what about Bob Marley? Did you ever get to meet Bob Marley? Um, we um, I met him once because I used to have a band back in the day. We used to do Sunsplash. What is? I don't know what Sunsplash is. Jamaica. It's a big concert in Jamaica that they oh, have. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard too much about it lately, but it was yeah. a pretty big thing back in the day. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. did you get to talk to him, or was it just a kind of a quick thing, or just mostly a quick thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they they keep him pretty guarded. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I my understanding is like you get to a fairly big big level, and you're like in a golden cage, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there was a. I'm a big police fan, so I've watched all their documentaries and stuff. You know. Yeah. And uh, the drummer Stuart Copeland. Uh, talked about like wanting to like just buy his own groceries he just wanted to like get out it's like felt like you know <laughs> catered to him I, I, there's a real world out there my god can i get outside you know so I, I imagine it would be weirdly tough it's like you think it'd be amazing but it also it could be kind of isolating too you know oh yeah for sure yeah so, i was always a behind the scenes kind of person you know, mostly a background right you know um, studio musician, right? Most, you know, mostly. So, uh, I kind of like it back there. I don't mind, you know, being right, being behind the scenes. You know, yeah. Is there um, some of the song choices you have? Like, there's a, like a reggae thing, and you mentioned playing for uh, the big festival and stuff. Is there like uh, like a, a particular connection you have to some of that music too? Like either from your family, because you you have a very musical family with some great famous people in it and like there's like a whole story like a generational thing yeah yeah i um one of my cousins is richie havens i don't know if you're familiar yeah i i know of richie havens i don't know his music very well yeah he's a a folk singer um one of the original musicians from woodstock right in fact we were there with him because we had a band it was all families like cousins yeah, uh, a couple of his brothers and and uh, a few of my you know, all first cousins, and we were very young, but we were pretty good, right? Yeah. So he actually brought us 
to Woodstock to see if we can like get a few minutes of his time. Yeah. They wouldn't let us do it because we were too young. Um, oh. But we were there, you know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I was like maybe 13, 13, wow. 14, somewhere around there. And you also, I think Oscar Pettiford is. Oscar Pettiford, yeah. What was his relation? Is he a cousin? He's my, my grand, great uncle. Great uncle, right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's what's up. I can't name any famous musicians in my in my lineage. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. I mean, there's a few people in my family. One of the, um, one of my cousins was one of the original singers of Little Anthony and the Imperials, and then he went on to sing with uh, the OJ's. Uh, Sammy Strain is his name. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, and but there's there's a kind of. Um, I, I'm on the outside of this thing. I, it's a, sort of a thing I want to learn about, but I don't really know. Um, like I know that uh, there's a lot of Jamaican and reggae music and stuff that was um, like when New Wave happened uh, in Britain. That was one of the kind of like resistance music that was right. there. That was like almost equivalent with punk. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, and some of the conversations we've had about you know the purposes of music and stuff and how you play into it. You know, it's like there's there's a um a certain amount of like uh loving but serious and kind of intentional resistance, mm-hmm. you know? Uh so and I know you, you, your family's done all of this music stuff and you tied it into some of that um thing. So uh is there what is it about some of that music that to you, you know, like what's the connection with you and your family to that music? Like is it were you, um, how, how, uh, I don't know what the right, exactly the question I'm trying to ask is, it's like, um, cause you, like you talk about being like, um, uh, well, th- like there was a whole, uh, religious context that you were playing in mm-hmm. and there was different forms of that. Right. And then, you know, you're playing music either in church or you're playing it, you know, like you think about what we just uh bob marley and stuff he was very sort of socially active Mm -hmm. and um so yeah well i mean my family is west african and southern american yeah um we also have people from cuba and from uh barbados and whatnot so there's a whole diaspora of my family you know coming from 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 different places um my cousin richie was uh a folk singer so that whole folk thing was like rebel type you know right. his his um uh, uh you know take on a lot of things is very political at the time especially around the time coming up with like bob dylan you know all these guys yeah were his friends and we used to be in the studio with them and they would show up and they would hang out and do other stuff you know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's amazing. Um, we got the opportunity to to record at Electric Ladyland, um, uh, Jimi Hendrix Studio. Right. Um, we did a lot of work there. Um, um, so, you know, coming from you know the, the African part of my family was it was always, you know, information about the time that I came up. There was crazy turmoil all over the place Malcolm X you know Martin Luther King right uh, Julius Nyeri in Africa just like so many different people that were about 
positive change, but that positive change required some rebellion in 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 a way. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, um, you know, even though we were trying to approach it in a peaceful manner, it still had to be about rebellion. And so, right, a lot of the things that um, you know I grew up around just just because you know. Are, are things that um, I attach to reggae music. You know, my my family, the music was very eclectic coming out of our house. You know, what I'm saying yeah. even though I grew up in an area where you know James Brown and all these people were popular, but you walk past my house, you might hear Latin music, you might hear yeah. jazz. You know, because my father was a musician, my uncles were you know percussionists and stuff like that. So we, and and my uh, my grandfather is out of Nigeria, so. We grew up a little bit in the in the Yoruba culture, so we used to play and chant, and it was mostly like a, like a religious experience, you know. Yeah. And um, and I didn't really play percussion out. That was my original instrument. I didn't play out right. for a long time until you know I st- me and my little cousin started our little band, and that's that's right. pretty much how I started playing outside of that religious experience, you know. Right. And then in church, my grandmother was a Baptist. Um, uh, deacon and so you know and that I grew up in grew up in church <laughs> yeah and so you know all of those things were, were happening at, at, at that time that kind of formed and shaped whatever concepts I might have I, I might have written about you know yeah. um, and um, and be very active too you know right you know, in the community and, and stuff like that yeah. right that's cool man well, I have more questions but let's play another song <laughs> What's what's the next one we got here? Let's see. Uh, Money can't buy me love. Cool. Do a, a instrumental version of this. Yeah. Cool. See if I'm. I'll do my best.
Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> cool. Well, let's check in with everybody and see if anybody's got any other uh, questions or anything. Okay. Cora and Callie are here. Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, okay. So... I think we've got a couple questions. Uh, uh, <laughs> Antoinette says, I would love to see you three and Paul Simon in the same room. <laughs> Which would, yeah, I, yeah. please. It, she says, uh, hmm, I may have to give him a call. If you can give him a call, uh, you know, I would appreciate that. Uh, he hasn't been returning my calls. <laughs> He's a total jerk. God, I, you know, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. He's he's, he's so, another idol. I mean, yeah, as a songwriter, you know, he's, yeah. he's like, you know, up there with me. You know, yeah, like, yeah, dude, he's like, yeah, I don't know, my 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 quote, you know, debut EP. I, I meant it to be like cover and then a response, like a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'd never put the response out. It'll 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 come out. <laughs> but in the meantime, what I've got out, from, you know, is all Paul Simon stuff. You know, I wrote six songs and. You know, some one of the hardest times of my life was like leaning on his music to, you know, yeah. figure stuff oh, out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I totally agree. Um, let's see. Uh, Antoinette says Richie Havens used to come to, uh, Mon. I don't know how to say this. Mon Montauk. Montauk. Yeah. Montauk and play on the beach, mostly at uh, Gossman's Dock. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, she's. Uh, internet asks Tito did you live in Jamaica Queens at one point in your life uh, James Brown had a house in Jamaica Queens yeah he did he sure did it was a purple it was purple and yellow it had a a moat around it yeah. lol <laughs> yeah yeah how do you internet how do you know these things uh, wait, so, so tell me like did you just like just regularly just walk by his house yeah anything? yeah I mean I I'm, I grew up in Brooklyn but my I, I have family in Queens, and you know, we practically lived out there between because my mother's sister lived in Queens, and we grew up in Brooklyn. But we all was raised like brothers and sisters, so if we were right. ever hanging out in Queens, it didn't feel like coming back home to Brooklyn. We'll go to Aunt Nita's house or Aunt Barbara's house, and yeah. you know, especially at my aunt um, at my uncle Aunt Nita's house, the back door was always open because they had a huge dog, you know, and he. He knew the scent of everybody that came in here. So yeah. you walk in the house, be pitch black. Or next thing you know, you feel a, <laughs> a nose up against your leg. And if he, like, don't know you, you're in trouble. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? So we would come in. We would come in and we hang out, and, you know. Um, but, yeah, we used to pass James Brown's house all the time. I've had the opportunity not to play with him, but we we were on the same. Like, we there were a couple of things that were done he did in Long Island. And that we were like an opening act, or you know, stuff right. like that. To do a couple of times, I've uh, we've done that. Um, cool. I've met him on on those, you know, occasions. James Brown was like, what was that when you got to meet him and stuff? What was what was your impression? Um, well, aside from being in awe of him, you know, total respect. He was actually kind of you know, when it came to dealing with people he was very humble and very you know and very, you know i don't know how he controlled his his situations you know what they say in, in right. the movies about him about how demanding he was yeah but uh just in general you know he, he was a very um uh, uh attentive person he was you know uh, uh talk you can you know talk to him you can you know right he wasn't standoffish or anything like that you know what i mean so that's great yeah yeah 
and he loved young people. He always he always liked to have young musicians around him, you know. So, and I was not in his band, but you know, he was always right. impressed with young people that was, you know, that's great. It, that was that we, was doing it. We need we need more we need more <laughs> of that attitude yeah. these days, man. Because it sure feels a lot of the time like uh, I don't know, ageism is real. <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Callie says Facebook is freezing. Thanks for letting me know, Callie. Um, uh, I am doing my best here. I, I think we have to keep the live stream going. If you you can try going on Twitch, see if that works, um, uh, or on YouTube, it may be cleaner up there. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, apparently Twitch is not as good either. Okay. Um, uh, Antoinette says, "Would you would you crap your pants if Paul Simon called you Danny? Called as in like as in he called me or he called me Danny? <laughs> I, I I would be confused. No one calls me Danny. I'm not I'm not Danny. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Antoinette says, I used to live in Richmond Hill, Queens. My mom's boyfriend put carpeting down in one of his rooms. Oh, cool." Uh, Callie says I used to live in Whitestone and Flushing it's good now oh as in the stream good uh, Antoinette says reread it I don't know what I have to reread I always get lost with these comments every once in a while sorry Antoinette um, great okay uh, well we've got just a couple more tunes let's see what's the next one we've got uh, oh Backyard Dreads this is an original right yes this is an original so tell, tell, us, tell everybody about this tune well, back in the day when I used to have hair, <laughs> I, I used to have dreads, you know. Oh, yeah. Dreads. And little by little, right, it, it would come out until mostly back here was all dreads. Right. So one, my, uh, my partner at the time, the band that was in uh, called The Effect, um, he, you know, he actually named it. He called it because of my dress <laughs> in the back. So he, he called it Backyard Dread because my head, you know, I was bald in the front. And yeah. In the back. So nice. That's pretty much how the name of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so how did you, how did you, um, uh, why did you decide to get rid of the backyard though? Backyards are cool, right? Did it just get to be? Was it too small by the end? It was just like not worth it. What's that? Oh, oh, that. Yeah, I, I'm just going with the uh, analogy um, here. You know, after a while, you just look like an old dude with, you know, <laughs> with crazy dress. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's good. There is when I was a kid. There was um, I used to watch these instructional videos, which you know they were mainly like a way for famous enough guitarists or whatever to make some money they didn't you know i could learn a few things from them but they weren't very thorough or anything and one of my favorites was um steve morris had a trio he's like a, i don't know if you're familiar with him but he's like a, a pretty cool like c weird crossover like bluegrass and progressive rock and he had this drummer in the band who clearly used to have like a mullet and uh but he was like severely balding up here so like it was 
it was like really going for it yeah. but there was not really enough there <laughs> to and i never you know I, I was just you know they're cool enough musicians at the time i didn't mind but i just look back on it and think what did are you okay <laughs> I, I i tell you one of the things that kind of um was kind of cute but kind of funny too i'm also a school teacher right right so um one of the kids drew a drawing of me and they called it. They said the predator. The whoa! <laughs> that's because that's what I look like. Oh right! Yeah. Oh god! Really? Whoa! That's amazing. And I still have that picture too. It was one in one of my elementary kids. I still had a picture amazing. somewhere. But my... we're talking about like alien versus predator. Yeah, right. Yeah, right we're not right. talking. Okay, good. Right. Just, just, just clarify. Yeah, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know about alien versus predator. Yeah, they had like lots. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, there is. It's a. Uh, it's about an alien. He looked like an alien, not like a, a predator. Yeah, not that guy. You know what I'm saying? All right, just clarifying because, yeah, anyway. All right. Uh, cool. Well, let's play uh, Let's play uh, the Predator Dreads song. I mean, sorry, the Backyard Dreads. Uh, okay, here we go.
You had some nice backyard dreads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Lori says hi, everyone. Callie hi. says I really love these jam sessions. Thank you. We, we love that you guys are here. Thanks for hanging out. Um, Antoinette says this is so relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. Um, thanks for hanging out. This bonus late night live stream with the with the legend Tito Pettiford. Everybody. <laughs> Make some noise. Uh, right. <laughs> Make some noise. Uh, we, we can't hear you. Oh, the kids are sleeping. That's right. Yeah. All right. The kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, oh, hey. Uh, Brett's back, too, also uh, with a part-time rock star podcast. My a friend of mine grew up in the same neighborhood um, and uh, t- took a few lessons from me and now has his own group and stuff. Uh, what's up, man? Nice to see you. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. I think we've got one more tune. Uh, does anybody have any questions for uh, for Tito or any... Uh, there's a whole lot of other stuff we haven't covered yet. We can. We should have you back and have like a long story about your, your band and what happened. That should just like be like the... Fo- we should have like a podcast about that because that's like... <laughs> Yeah, oh it was my pretty, God! It was, that's it a story. was pretty traumatic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll save that for later because that's quite a that's involved, and uh, we should like oh, something went in my eye, uh, uh, but also like a crazy story. It's yeah. like needs to be told, but oh wow, um, Frankie, do you have any questions for Tito? Um, uh, haven't haven't roped you in here yeah, enough, there, so. so do you have a favorite instrument? It's uh, a good question because actually both of you guys have a, sort of a similar uh, pattern for upbringing music stuff too. Well, I think the percussion is probably the most natural thing. That's the thing that God gave me. You know what I mean? And I just expounded on that. Um, I grew up, like I said, playing. You know, very strict religious drumming african drumming um latin drumming a lot of the, the fact in my neighborhood in brooklyn everybody used to think that i was either from cuba or from some latin american country i said no i'm african y'all yeah. get it from me you know right <laughs> but but yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> but um all the good music uh um i forgot what i was gonna say about your favorite your, like, oh oh yeah so yeah so I guess probably, you know, the percussion is probably the most um, affluent part of, you know. And everything that I do kind of centers around that. My piano playing, uh, my bass playing, Mm. um, everything kind of comes from that. You You mentioned the religious kind of context with the drumming. I mean, that's, that's like, there's a whole lot of stuff I'm interested in exploring there. There's a, there's like a huge world. Um, I uh, I don't really consider myself a drummer. I can play well enough, uh, but I have often not I'll have practice sessions for a while. And uh, I found like doing meditative breathing and stuff while doing drumming has a profound effect on my mental state and how I feel. And um, definitely growing up, you know, I grew up in a religious context, so that there is something about the like a tribal like a transcendental tribal experience that is not 
it's not, it's beyond what words actually can describe right. really you know um and but drumming in particular seems like it has a um there's something special about it like it it's gets in it's a very mystical deeper. it's a very mystical thing and it's also used to um contact like our ancestors you know this is something yeah. that but you can also contact other people I, I had i had i had an experience once in central park um i was like in the woods and i was just started playing and i started getting into the zone and i could swear that there was people around me but they weren't cool so I, I stopped playing and i just i got out of there but you know but it was it was a spiritual thing you know yeah. what i'm saying you can you can conjure up some some bad spirits as well you know wow and i don't know what i was doing to to to, to get that kind of response but that's yeah it scared the heck out of me you know? <laughs> <I know that. laughs> yeah was do you think uh i never know what to do with those experiences because i trust that they're real mm -hmm. but i never know um you know it's like if you felt all that uh you know we all feel stuff that like it, it could be just oh it's dark and i'm I'm still afraid of the dark and I'm right. 33 or whatever, you know, uh, but it all, or it could be like, you know, there's a, whatever, there's other stuff, but, um, did you like learn ways of thinking about that? Like when the religious context you were in, like, did you learn like well, ways that you, yeah, growing up in, in, in kind of a mixed culture, uh, the, the Yoruba part, as well as the Christian part, um, it's all about uh, um, um, uh, opening up and letting whatever, not whatever, but you, you're trying to connect right. with, with, with God. You're trying to connect with the spirit. And, and um, the, the, the African part of it is con not in addition to connecting to uh, a spiritual being, we, we're also, we connect to our ancestors that way. Yeah. You know? So, um, and it, it can almost, you can almost kind of be possessed in a way. Right. You know, um, the, 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 the way the drumming is, 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 is speaking and swelling and stuff like that. And we had to learn yeah. very specific things. Like I couldn't like, you see drummers that are like, you know, we call it uh bata. It's, it's a, like the, the testimony, that drum. That high drum, which you call the bata drum, is the is the testimony. Everything else is 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 about creating this this foundation, this this this, this foundation, and then this one drum, and we don't do nothing else but that. Pretty much, you know, if I'm doing, boom, 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 and you're a kid, I'm you know you're an active kid, you want to you want to mm. get on the drum, you want to play, <laughs> right? But no, my uncle's like no, my you know. You learn this. Right. We had to learn the clave. We had to learn certain. You know, everything's everything was very specific. Yeah. And and um, that once it get, it gets going and the spirit takes over, it's 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 like a machine. It just starts rolling and rolling and rolling <laughs> yeah. and rolling and you yeah. know the dancing and the chanting and everything. Everything is involved. It's it's pretty it's pretty it, intense. Yeah. <laughs> I, the store. I, there's a. The story that got me really interested in trying to explore it, and I've, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I've for years I've just wanted to actually get into it, but never have. 
uh, like I'm trying to work my way into like you know my professional life basically allows for doing the creative work that has a space for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was Carl Jung visiting I don't know which African country it was and participating in uh, like a drum circle kind of thing and um, just being overwhelmed by that. You know, he's a total outsider, no no right. cultural background or connection there at all. And like um, just being so taken up in it, like his whole sense of self right. disappearing and, you know, like you, it being like scaring the hell out of him. Yeah. I mean, because it is, it's, it's beautiful and it's scary at the same time. You know right. what I mean? Um, the connections that you start making when this voice, this musical voice, this percussion, this, this, this pounding, this heart, you know, this thing, yeah. when it gets really going and really, you know, it kind of, it takes you over, man. It really does. And yeah. a lot of times, um, you know, occasionally, you know, when I am playing with people and I'm doing regular, just regular music, I sometimes slip into that, especially if I'm playing percussion, you know, yeah. I slip into that vibe and my, my, my eyes will go, Right. roll up in my head and, <laughs> and I'm yeah. gone right you know what I'm saying yeah you know and if I have and if I'm around other people that are familiar with the culture and familiar with those type of uh, uh, you know beats and, and whatnot, and um, and they're we're connecting like that it, 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 it can get very it could get very intense and very yeah. spiritual yeah cool yeah um well, it's been about an. I usually keep these around an hour. Uh, we got a whole lot more to talk about. I'm sure we sh- we should like have. We could just have you guys on on a regular <laughs> schedule. But um, that's really cool, man. You you actually brought a drum too. We had one more song, but we could, since we were talking about that, yeah. we could do something yeah, with that. Uh, cool. That'd be cool to end yeah. with that. You want to do that? Sure. Cool. And tell us about this drum too, because this is like. Um, this has history, right? Yes, this drum is Cuban made. Um, it um, drums, particularly drums that either came from Africa or from Cuba. A lot of times, have what they call a pedigree. It's like uh, a, a lineage, you know. Right. Um, and it's been through a few um, famous musicians back in the day. It ended up in my uncle's possession. Wow. And then now I. I have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I grew yes. up with this drum. Yeah. You know. How um, how old is that drum, you think? Way older than you, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm 65, so it, it's, it's, it's a good, like, 80, close to 100 years old, this, this, wow. this particular drum. Yeah. Wow. Dude. Well, let's, let's, uh, how about we mic it up? We'll use your, your vocal mic. And uh, make sure that you can. We might actually want to put the keyboard down or push, get it closer in, however close we can, because I don't want to have you disappear from the the shot. So I want everybody to be able to see. It won't um, make noise, right? When I'm. Oh, uh, I don't. Uh, if you turn it off, it should be fine. Yeah. Here, here let me uh, give me one second. I'll just to confirm. Okay, you're good.
You have. Uh, I, I got a chance. Tito played with me recently at a gig last minute. It just it was like, uh, we were just catching up and stuff, and he's like, ah, I'll, you know, I'll just come come by, and it was great. You brought you brought your percussion stuff, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was one. I had a great time. We both had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was striking to me too. Like you're, you're talking about like this, you know, the deep connection you have with it. You could just there's a, a particularly like really deep sense of rhythm. I was mentioning to Tito before. It was like because I often use a loop pedal. You guys know I play with a loop pedal all the time. And a lot of drummers cannot handle hanging with a loop because their time isn't really that on, and they're not used to being. They're used to being the guy who everybody else follows rhythmically, you know. But you were like so in time because we had a little bit of a weird sound situation yeah. to make things work. There were times where I wasn't sure that either of us could really hear my loop, and I was pretty sure we were still right on anyway. Yeah, it was like yeah. I was really stunned about that. So yeah. Well, one of the things I, I can tell you for sure. Um, lean, come in a little bit more. When it like, comes to timing and whatnot, yeah. I may not know much, <laughs> but I know that. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I even had a situation in college uh, playing hey, the bass. Move the whole thing forward a little bit, too. So I just want to make sure. I was... Um, no, I, I was and you, you, you and the drum come this way. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because we want to make sure I get you fully in the shot here. So as far as you can. That's much better, yeah. When, um, like I said, I you know bring my percussion experience to everything. So in college, um, I was one of a few bass players that were there, and I was actually the better one. So he gave me the professor gave me like the best tunes. Right. So then when we were practicing, we were practicing, and all of a sudden he stops the band. He points to me. He says, uh, "I'm out of time." Right. So I'm like. <laughs> I don't think so. Got a whole band here of folks. Yeah. And you know, but I took I took the bullet the first time, right? Right. So we can we start playing again. He stops, he goes to point him. I said, No, nah, ain't me. I says if I were out of time, you out of time because I'm on you like white on rice. <laughs> you know, so he got really pissed at me. <laughs> He got really pissed at me, and he took those songs away from me. But the, the the issue was the other bass player, who was also a good player, he just was an unreliable person. Right. So he took all the good tunes away from me, and he gave it to him. And then at the day that we had to perform them, he didn't show up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. So the professor, God. he's running around. I could see him running around like a chicken with his head you know, cut off and... You know, I says, I already know the tunes. I know them, I, you know. But he's got to come ask me. I'm not going right. like, to offer. You know what I'm saying? So that's And I watched him running around, like, you know, looking for this kid. He came to me a couple times. You see, I said, no, I haven't seen him. You know. So he finally came over and asked. He said, do you, you, you still remember? I said, of course I remember those tunes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And he, we, we became the best of friends. That I mean, after that little conflict, we became the be- actually became the best right. of friends. And he started giving me scholarships in school and whatnot. And went, so he, That's he cool. Looked out. Yeah, he was good. That's, it's, but we had to have that conflict first, you know, because yeah. I came with experience. It wasn't like, right. I've been doing this for a while. So I'm, even though I'm coming here to, to learn and I'm coming here to get maybe names of stuff that I didn't know, you know. Right. That was that I was already doing, but now I have a name to put to it or whatever. 
Right. So I, I came with some experience already, so it, it wasn't about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Professor cool, Professor Summer uh, Summerlin. That's that's uh, City College in New York City. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, it's it's interesting also how some. Some of the best, I think, relationships. It's just it's about negotiating. This is right. a big thing for me that I've been learning in my own life. It's like, I, I'm learning how to have better real relationships by learning what really like really healthy negotiation and boundaries actually need to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're willing to like go through whatever conflict until both of the person's needs, they, they you both like demand what your needs are mm-hmm. are actually met. But you're and you res- but you respect the other person. You just exactly. work at it until you yeah. figure that out. Right. That's totally different than, I think, what most of us really learn. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a way deeper, much more valuable relationship. Oh yeah, think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, let's let's uh let's play something. Let throw the mic. Just kind of aim it down or whatever. Maybe let's see. You can pull it to the side or something out here so you don't hit it with your hands or whatever. Do actually let me do this. Pull it back or something. We can probably a little bit and see. Let's see how the level is. Thank you. 
for coming on tito that was great man we'll definitely do it again yeah. yeah so everybody thanks for hanging out tito pettiford you can check out uh in the link for this video there's also um a link to one of his most recent productions he does some producing and stuff so you can check that out it's on spotify he's also on all the other streaming platforms but the link i have is for spotify and um i'm sure we'll be i'm, I'm gonna drag this guy both of these these two fine gentlemen uh on this this live stream much more often if there's anything I can do about it. So I'm sure you'll see them all again soon. So uh, let's double check, make sure I'm not missing anything from anybody. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, hey, so <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, Antoinette wanted to know, uh, Tito, grab your, turn your mic up so she, you can answer, but she, she wanted to know, do you have a favorite song that you either wrote or just sang? Um, uh, for cover stuff, uh, when I sang a little bit more often, <laughs> and, um, No Woman, No Cry is one of them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, Superstition, Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Mays, which is one of my all-time favorite bands, Next to Earth, Wind and Fire. Um right. Stuff that I've I've written, um, probably Backyard Dread uh, from a, a previous album from a group called The Effect, and um, actually People of the Sun and Freedom Vibrations are songs that I've written from um, a group called Zenith, which you can also find on YouTube uh, if you type in yeah. uh, Zenith. And the title, uh, Freedom Vibrations, you'll see a, a few recordings of uh, of, a, of an old album I did back in the day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> Sterling, uh, let's see. Kelly says, if I, had to if I had any sort of rhythm, I'd play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> and Sterling says, this is so late for me, I feel like I'm breaking a curfew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely breaking a curfew because I'm yeah. a school teacher. I yeah. got to get, you know. That's right. Be up early in the morning. Yeah. To, uh, you know, right. You're deal, one of those amazing. Deal with, uh, deal with your children. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, anyway, Kelly says, definitely do more of these. And uh, Antoinette says, Carlos Santana, eat your heart out. Right. <laughs> um, Kelly says, great job, guys. Antoinette says, amazing, all caps. Uh, nice to meet you, Frankie D and Tito. 
Thank you. Uh, nice to meet you all. So, thanks a lot, guys. Oh, I'm sure we'll see you guys again soon. Next uh, live stream will be uh, with an unknown guest as of yet next week. And um, we'll see you guys soon until then. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Tito and Frankie. See you guys soon. Thanks, right?